0: There is no strategy that will work without good implementation and process and tactics. Uh, Conversely, there's no implementation that works without good strategy. Welcome to the Idea Revolution Podcast, the podcast for post-startup entrepreneurs who are seeking to break out of the drone, the same old tired ideas, and dive into some truly creative thinking about their business. I'm Rick Thomas, and today I'm pleased to introduce our guest podcast co-host, Adi Clevett, Principal Consultant with Business Success Consulting. Welcome, Adi. Thank you, Rick. (laughs) It's great to have you here. And as, as a matter of background, tell us, Adi, what's Business Success Consulting? What do you do?
1: So we do consulting for uh, small to medium-sized businesses, Mm -hmm. and we help those businesses with uh, systems, protocols, procedures, basically anything that has to do with management systems we implement in those businesses. We help businesses scale and grow and become more profitable.
0: Right, so thank you for that. And for any of you listeners that know anything about me, You'd go, well, Rick, isn't that what you do? And it is. It's, yes, it is. And this is the fascinating thing. When Adi and I were introduced last year by a colleague, in that is we're in very similar work, and yet we have a very different focus to what we do. Correct. And whereas I dive into strategy, Adi, you really dive into implementation and tactics and really a lot of the heavy lifting that happens on the front line. Is that that fair?
1: That's absolutely correct. And I think that's where we work so well together because you go in there and you set up the strategy and the upper level and the big dream, the vision. And the big strategy, and then I can go in there with my team and work out the operations, the systems, you know, the protocols, the procedures, like the tactics on how to implement that strategy so we can get the final product or service that the company is doing.
0: Right. So excellent. So this sets the stage for today's discussion because... I did a podcast in January on this, on strategy and and fear of missing out. And one of the key reflections I had from last year in fourth quarter, uh, Nick and I got into some of the details on what really makes plans fail. And it's this notion that people feel like they have to boil the ocean, they have to do everything, when in fact, it's about doing some very simple successive things, but most everything else you say no to. So anyways, not to repeat that, but when Adi and I really started to get to know each other and and our books of business and how we we engaged with the client, I I began to think, boy, this is a great follow-up discussion to the podcast I just did, because there is no strategy that will work without good implementation and process and tactics. Uh, conversely, there's no implementation that works without good strategy. So hence the interest in this discussion. So, but for one more moment, before we go there, tell us, how did you get to do this work? What brought you here? And you're an engineer, right?
1: I am just like you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Another (laughs)
0: recovering engineer. (laughs) There's two of us, at least, in Portland. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> True. So how did I get started? Well, I started, as you said, uh, my education, my background is industrial engineering. Okay. And I started working just fresh out of college as an engineer. And industrial engineering is all about process process improvements. So I started working on projects on process improvement. And then gravitated from there to more management consulting and uh, working in... Uh, national in consulting company for several years and then decided to start my own company. That was seven years ago. That's how Business Success Consulting Group started and we've been concentrating on the tactical aspects and the implementation of the strategies into businesses.
0: Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you for that. So to kind of kick off the, the, the discussion, tell me what, what are some of the best practices when you, when you, when you look at implementation? and developing good tactics to back up a, a, a strategy or strategic plan, what, what are some of those best practices? What are your go-to methods when you engage with a client and begin to look, look at this?
1: So the first part will be the discovery part. And that is where the strategy and the tactics actually come together. Because in the discovery part, it's very important for me to understand what is the strategy of the business. What, uh, what is the vision? What is the mission? You know, what is the actual, what are the objectives of the organization? What are the core values? Once you understand, once, once I understand that, then I can write a plan on how to write the processes. But it's very important to understand the overall what the company is doing, you know, the overall strategy, the overall where they are going. Because just like you mentioned at the beginning, it was very good and your last pod- podcast was excellent, in terms of the fear of missing out. You can go in, in so many directions, but if you're not focused on one direction, you're not going to get there. So it's really important for me to understand what is that strategy and where we are going. So then the processes will actually follow that strategy. Right. So that's, and yeah.
0: in, in, in your experience, when you're doing these engagements, how often it, uh, are those frameworks in place? Like the, the vision, the mission, the values, all those necessary components that makes up a really good implementation... How often is that stuff? does that stuff exist, or do you find like, oh my gosh, uh, we, got work, we got work to do before we can even do the work?
1: Right, so it's, a, it's an excellent question because I can say that the majority of the time it doesn't exist. I mean, it, let me rephrase that. There are some businesses or several, I would say about maybe 50% of the businesses will have that because at some point in time they had to write their mission or their vision or their core values. But they don't know what it is. I mean, if I ask a business owner, what is your mission statement? And they have to say, well, let me look somewhere in some drawer to find it. That means that they're not living by it. They right. don't have it as their operating purpose every single day. And that's where the strategy is so important because they have to have that strategy. They have to understand where they're going. Right. It does exist. Do the people actually use it? Rarely.
0: Yeah. So, okay. You, you gather this information as part of the kind of the inquiry and the assessment. Right. And then you establish, uh, you put together kind of a plan on how you approach it.
1: Exactly. The second step is the planning. And the planning and writing a process is very, very important because you have to be able to plan the process of writing processes and putting a system together. And that, uh, planning stage consists of doing a gap analysis. Where do you want to go and where are you at right now? And how are we going to get there? Okay. It consists also of mapping all the processes, doing a workflow analysis, you know, depends on what we're doing a process for. So for instance, let's give an example, a specific example. So for instance, we are going to, we decided that we are going to write up the process for a business development for a business. Okay. So we need to walk through the different avenues of that how that happens, the different lead sources, how do you contact those leads? You know, what information do you give them? And it's like just walking through the process. So there is a specific workflow or the specific process flow with the end result of acquiring a new customer or new client. So we have to see all the different steps and that's what we look for in the planning. We have a flow chart, we have a whole we map all the processes. In the planning section, or the stage of the writing a process or documenting a process is also um, assigning the responsibilities to different people who is going to write which part. And then also um, the accountability part, who is going to be report to whom, by what due date, so we can actually get this project done. So the discovery phase and the planning phase is very important. It probably takes about Twenty percent of the time, but it's really eighty percent of the importance. Because if that's done correctly, then it's actually going—you'll be able to develop the processes, which is the next step, and then implement it, which is extremely important part of it. Right.
0: Right. Okay. So, in, in the, again, in this discovery, you're, you, what I heard is you're, you're planning the planning.
1: Correct. That's a step after that. I would say that the first step is the discovery where yeah. I basically learn about the business and what is in there what what exactly where are they going against the mission the vision you know what what is the overall strategy and from right. there i can plan and from there we can develop the processes yeah
0: okay so you, you develop the workflow assignment and responsibilities and and then then you start doing the work correct right and is that are, are you doing the work or when you engage with the clients are, are they d- actually writing the processes or is it a combination typically how does that work
1: it's typically a combination it's typically i will show you how to do it then we do it together then you do it that's basically the approach that we take and writing it is and also depends on the level of engagement and depends on the level of the complication how complicated those processes are and um, if you need to have technical savvy or technical knowledge to write those. So it really depends on what processes we are writing. But the bottom line is that the business owners and the employees are the one who are doing, are the ones that are doing it every single day or every month or every week or whatever uh, the frequency is and they know how it works. So they are the ones who are going to document it. What right. I do and what my team does is we go and challenge and ask, you know, our favorite question, you know what our favorite question is or our favorite statement <laughs> yeah. is why is it being done this way? And that this fervent statement is, well, because that's the way we've always done it. Right. We're always looking for this is the way we've always done it because we know that there is something there that has to be looked at.
0: Because that's <laughs> right. one of the
1: aspects we didn't talk about, but when you're actually documenting the processes, you're increasing the efficiency and effectiveness because you really challenge and look at every single step to see if it is a correct step and it really needs to be done that way. Or maybe there is a more efficient way to do that. And that's what we're experts at doing is really looking at it because you know, when you look at it from the outside in, you know, we are coming into a company that we haven't been doing it for 10 years, the same process over and over. So we have an exterior set of eyes on the process and we are able to recognize the inefficiencies and ineffectiveness. And that's really where putting in processes can affect the bottom line of a business because we make things more streamlined and more efficient.
0: Right. So how do you get broad engagement across an organization? I mean, because I, I have to imagine that uh, sometimes, especially if you're talking about change of process, um, not everybody likes change. In fact, most people don't like change is what I've experienced. Absolutely. So how do you get broad engagement so they'll engage in the process of reexamining how things are done and, and clarifying and, and ultimately owning it?
1: So, you know, you bring it up a very good point because it is a problem. If you ask me, like, what are you what problems do you encounter when you go into a an right. company and want to implement those processes? It's really the buying for the employees. I mean. It's also the buy from the owners and from upper management, but that I have a direct contact with. So by the time they bring us in, is because they decided to make that change. And the first thing is the decision, and they decided, okay, we want to do something different. There is a buy-in from the owner, there's a buy-in from upper management, so they know that this is, needs to be done. Right. The way that uh, we get the buy-in from the rest of the the staff the rest of the team is by really by education you know by showing how the process having processes how is going to improve their quality of work life you know how is it going to improve what they are doing to show that there is a benefit in doing that and only when we achieve that then we get the buy-in and we have done it with so many companies and the changes are really it's phenomenal to see that. In the beginning, you can see the resistance or people don't want to follow through. But then after they realize that it's actually going to help them, it's going to help them with time management. It's going to help them with being more effective. It's also going to help them. We'll give them a lot of stability. You know, I'll give an example. We went into a company and we implemented um, processes across the board. We implemented a very specific organizational chart so everybody knew what they were doing and how to do that and when we were done one of the n- newer employees came to us and he thanked us and he said you know i really feel like this company is going to go somewhere and i feel like there is stability and i can actually i it's probably i'm going to be here for the long run because they're really serious about expanding and continue to exist so there is this sense of stability and sense of knowing what you're doing and once that being underst- if that is understood across the boards then there is a buying
0: okay so let me ask about an, an, another uh, uh, challenge that I've run into, yeah. uh, especially on the implementation side, is that rare resource that most people don't have enough of, which is time. Correct. And and especially in a growing organization, people are usually running around not keeping up with most of what's in their email inbox or on their desk. So h- how do you, how do you moderate the pace of something like this? when time is so limited or not even available how do you how do you deal with that
1: so that goes back to the discovery and planning stage because once that is being done from my experience and again we work with hundreds and hundreds of companies once that stage is being is done then the path through actually writing all of a sudden you find the time somehow but once you make that decision of deciding, okay, this is really important for my organization, and I have the buy-in from the owners, from the upper management, all the way down, then they just engage on that process. And obviously, I work with the resources that I have in terms of time and in terms of people. So we always ask, how much time do you have available? Like, when is the best time to do it? So that's one thing that we learn is like to find out when is the best time, because every company has... What we call quote-unquote the best time so some of them will be well first thing monday morning because it's like for a service industry sometimes monday morning works great but sometimes monday morning like for the construction industry or for Um, production doesn't work because that's where you have to get everything going. So it depends really who you work with, or maybe Thursday mornings is like a great time to do that. So we set a specific time every single week, the same time. We found it very successful because it becomes a routine. We know that on Thursday from 8.30 to 10.30, we concentrate on writing processes. And then it becomes a routine. You just have to work yourself somehow into that routine.
0: Okay. alrighty. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see being made? In, in, in when it comes to implementation and developing really good tactics
1: so you know trying to and it goes back to what you said in terms of the fear of missing out or really expanding too much in two different di- too many directions is like all of a sudden deciding to document everything and then nothing gets documented right, <laughs> right. and and you don't really need to do that I mean yeah eventually ideally you'll have documentation of everything but you know including how to clean the company's kitchen but it's that's not an important thing that's why you have to recognize the priorities you know you have to look across the boards and see which what do you need to do first once Mm. you realize what you need to do first then you go okay let's do that one first because that is going to increase my customers my clients my profitability so once you do that and you see how the process actually work and that it, it's working for the company, then you can move on to the next one and then the next one. You want to see results. So I think going back to the question, what is the biggest mistake is that they will try too much and then they don't really see results and they quit.
0: So is it more of a serial approach as opposed to a parallel approach in, in doing the work?
1: It depends on the resources. You know, if I have several people, that I can work with, it will be a parallel approach. But if you have only one or two that sometimes happens because those are the resources that are available, it will be a serial.
0: Right. How about your own experience? And because we both have businesses uh, that we have to, you know, uh, if we're doing this, uh, doing ourselves justice, we're using our own tools on our own businesses and t- tell me about how do you use the tools in your business and what, what have been your learning experiences just from your own perspective in your business? What works well and, and what have you learned to do differently?
1: That's an excellent question. I really learned that if I don't have a strategy, then I can go in, off in all directions and I can try new avenues that are not as that that do not prove themselves as my core services and then they distract me from my core services and then it just doesn't go well. So I really learned that you need to have a strategy, a strategic plan, and you need to have a tactical plan. But I also learned that you have to look at it. It's not enough to write your strategy at the beginning of the year and that's it, right?
0: (laughs) One and done. So
1: I'm sure you've seen it, Rick, right? I mean, in terms of, you know, how many of your clients, I mean, not your clients, because you work with them on a regular basis. And that's what I think it's it's one thing that I learned is to have that trusted advisor or that mentor that you can have accountability, right. an accountability partner. But when you don't, like when you start working with a client, I'm sure you've seen it in terms of they just, maybe they wrote a strategy at the beginning of the year and never look at it again. And then they feel like the strategy failed, but it will fail to the degree that you don't look at it. So that's one mistake that I learned is and it's to Keep that strategy alive. You know, look at it all the time, and then write your tactical plans from that strategy, so you can actually have that as step by step action. I
0: I, I will. Um, uh, that resonates with me, and I and I will acknowledge that. Definitely, some of the mistakes that I made early on was I would I would do the work, but then it would it would sit on the wall or sit on the shelf somewhere until about that time next year. The following year where I'd, I'd 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 look at it again and go okay um either i did or made some progress or not too much and and i eventually had to be honest with myself that i needed to make this more of a process for me right um, and so. also
1: the accountability having somebody that you feel you are accountable for because i know that that my clients um they feel like they have to be accountable because we will follow up with them, you know, we follow up with them. They know that we arrive every single week on site or however often we arrive, you right. know, and they need to do their homework and get it done. So the same thing works for us. You know, we have to be accountable either by ourselves or having somebody that we account that helps us with that accountability. And I have great accountability partners that we hold each other accountable. And, you know, we do the same in terms right. of, like, working together. And so because it 's needed because you get into the day-to-day, day to day day to day routine and work and servicing clients and business development and so on, and you don 't have the time to work on your business, so you just have to somehow whatever what, however you do that, you have to find the right way to actually work on your business
0: yeah absolutely i couldn't have said it better myself, so. <laughs> Well, on that note, um, I think we're going to call it a wrap, but certainly a lot more that could be said about this. And um, I'll leave uh, Adi's contact information on the podcast page, and you're welcome to follow up with her if there's specific questions. Adi, thank you for joining us today. Thank Uh, you, Rick. great great to to dive into this discussion. Uh, Thank you, podcasters, for listening in. And until next time, be well and consider this. If you're trying to truly achieve something remarkable in your business, then what got you here won't get you there. It takes a revolution, an idea revolution.